Hello, this is Doug Clark, Jr. podcasting from Louisville, Kentucky, recording episode 10 of Working Class Spark on January 5th, 2019. Welcome to the 10th episode of Working Class Spark, where the news is for us, the workers, not for them, the rich and powerful. Thank you for listening to this episode, and let me begin by describing to you what this podcast is for. This podcast is for sparking the working class. It serves as an ignition for workers' power against the rich and powerful who currently have their foots on our throats. It serves as a spark for street politics and collective action. And through these methods, we must fight for our freedoms and rights as human beings. This podcast is a rallying cry for you, the worker, the worker's advocate, and the desperately unemployed to stand up to the rich because workers have been screwed by the system. This is what this podcast is all about. In this part of the show, I'm kind of pretty regular with doing an editorial um, before getting to terms of the week or having the terms of the week at all. And um, this week's editorial is begins with, as I mentioned in previous editorials, a socialist system is the best political system for the worker rights to be realized. So if we're going to move to a system taken back from the rich and given to the rightful owners, the workers, we must avoid mistakes made by communist countries now and in the past. The most dangerous action towards the people under a radical leftist government in the past is setting goals to make strides in small amounts of time. And these occur to catch up with capitalist countries in industry, science, military, and infrastructure. For example, China and its Great Leap Forward. The Soviets under Stalin put forth these five-year plans, and the Khmer Rouge and Cambodia killed over a million other countrymen partially due to economic reforms. There are two reasons why this is true. Namely, revolutionaries have no idea how to run a country, which often lead to famine and unspeakable hardships and suffering for reasons mentioned above. The second reason is that the three countries above are ruled under brutal dictators or very small groups of leaders. They involve purges, gulags, and mass murders of so-called enemies of the people under Stalin, Mao in China, and the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia. And these things are still taking place in North Korea under the rule of the Kim family. But in the but in the socialist experiment in Cuba, we could learn a lot of positive things. The rich-owned media in the U.S. would have you believe that casuals are no different than Stalin and Kim Jong-un. But what they don't report are the great strides towards equality taking place there. For example, they have redistributed land held by the powerful, its small owning class amongst the peasants. The Cuban peasants were slaves to rich plantation owners, but as a result of the revolution, the land owned by the corporations of plantation owners was divided amongst the peasants. So they, this gave them their own land of work. And that is just one example of the reforms of the Cuban Revolution. But at the same time, this is succeeded by not having some grand goal of how to develop into a society where they are as technologically advanced as Western Europe and the U.S. US. But gradually, they have gotten away from just being a sugar-related economy. And they have become a powerhouse in the development of medicines, which are often purchased by, yes, the U.S. government. These are examples of how ideas and policies can be taken from a socialist society to be translated into the modern American workforce for the betterment of the working class. Would you not like to be a substantial shareholder of the company you work at? So in conclusion, the brutality of the Soviet Union, Mao's China, and Cambodia under the Khmer Rouge was often due to bad dictatorships, not due to the realization of a socialist economy. They have had brutal, brutal leaders and installed terrible economic, excuse me, terrible economic policies, killing tens of millions. So the point is that dictatorships with vain rulers trying to advance mostly third world countries into global players too soon as a result of these reasons, not due to the excuse me, not the implementation of socialist ideas. But instead we can look to somewhere like Cuba or even Canada or Europe to learn new things from towards developing a better country for the working class.
Now, this week's term of the week, um, where we like to go over a term that a lot of people have heard of that's um, relevant to the working class movement, but don't know the exact meaning of. Um, we kind of go through those here, and this week's term is socialization. According to the Merriam and Webster Dictionary, the act, socialization is the action or process of making something, such as an industry, socialistic, or conversion to collective or governmental ownership and control. In a sentence, it can be read as the socialization of medicine. That means making medical care free by giving the medical industry over to the government, not the rich corporations they currently own them. It'd be like Europe and Canada where medicine and medical services would be free because private medical, private pharmaceutical, and private insurance companies would no longer be needed. Private means owned by some person or entity other than the government. In that, that's how the rich and powerful industry heads rip off poor Americans with their high prices, filling the pockets of the rich and powerful on Wall Street. And this could all be solved with what has been labeled as a welfare-for-all system or a single-payer option. So in general, just socializes to have the government as controlled by the people take over an industry or economic sector so the profits go to the workers and needy. Alright, this week's uh, article of the week, we only have one, and it's from NBC News, and it's entitled, Why Sears Executives Get $25 Million in Bonuses, Laid Off Workers Struggle During Christmas Time. And it's subtitled, On Friday, a U.S. bankruptcy court judge allowed Sears Holdings to hand out the bonuses after the company successfully argued that it would lose its top people. And it's from December 18, 2018. While the executives who presided over the bankruptcy of Sears and Kmart will bring out 2018 with news of $25.3 million in bonuses, laid-off worker Andrea Patrick will be using her unemployment check to pay for her breaks on her 2000 Dodge Durango. Patrick, who lost her job when Kmart she worked at in Rockford, Illinois, closed in October, had been hoping to use the money to buy her kids, ages 1, 2, 3, 7, and 11, something new for Christmas. And it infuriates her that they'll be getting hand-me-downs and relying on charity this Christmas while the people in charge are handsomely rewarded. Those top people and Sears CEO Eddie Lampert are having a wonderful Christmas, Patrick 36 told NBC News. They got $25 million in bonuses, me, I'm late on my bills. The electric company is threatening to shut me off, and I don't have anything left to spend on the kids this Christmas. Patrick, who worked part-time for Kmart for five years, excuse me, for nine years, is one of the thousands of workers whose lives were upended in October when Sears Holdings, more than $5 billion in debt and unable to compete with Walmart and Amazon, declared bankruptcy. I was making $10.50 an hour when they closed my store, Patrick said. I got my farm tech license and was working at the service desk. All my life we struggled, and I finally felt like I was making it. On Friday, a U.S. bankruptcy court judge allowed Sears Holdings to hand out the bonuses after the company successfully argued that it would lose its top people if there was nothing in their stockings this Christmas. Under these circumstances, it would be understandable if many key employees are asking themselves whether they should be seeking other opportunities, Sears said in a court filing last month. Sears Holdings cannot afford this uncertainty, it said. But the decision was blasted by critics like Karen Cleason, policy director for organizations united for our respect or OUR, and the Rise Up Retail campaign that is helping the laid-off workers. She said they're getting screwed by Sears Holdings. It's outrageous that the bankruptcy court-approved bonuses for Sears high-paid executives while laid-off employees get their severance pay cuts at Gleason. Sears workers like David Braswell, who still have jobs, say they are revolted that the bosses are getting big bonuses while they are left with uncertainty. I have no idea what it means for my future, said Braswell, a 14-year employee of a store in Midway, Tennessee, and a Rise Up Retail leader. 
My co-workers and I have dedicated so much to this company. Our customers trust us, and yet we don't know if we'll still have a job next week. It's the holidays, and I'm not sure if I can afford my kids' gifts this year. While executives are getting $25 million in bonuses. That's not right. When NBC News reached out to Sears Holdings to see if the company might reconsider the bonuses in light of the criticism and the fact so many former workers are struggling, the spokesman responded with a terse note. We declined to comment. In a court filing obtained by the Chicago Tribune, Sears Holdings proposed offering a total of $8.4 million in bonuses to 19 executives if the company meets its financial targets in the next six months. Sears Holding also got the okay to set aside up to $16.9 million in retention bonuses for 315 senior employees, the paper reported. Each would get a cash reward worth 30 to 40% of their salary, splitting the quarterly payments over the next year. Ryan Olbrich of the National Association of Retired Sears Employees, which represents about 60,000 people, said he understands why Sears Holding is giving out bonuses while it's losing its money. It's what a lot of bankrupt companies do, he said. They want to prevent their key employees from jumping ship. Still, Albert said, this came as a shock to us retirees. But everybody is wondering how much of that money Lambert is getting, he said. Many NARSE members are also worried about how this affects their insurance policies, Albert said. Our pensions are security, he said. What concerns most of our retirees is Sears goes into the liquidation after the holidays, but they lose their life insurance. It's not a lot. Maybe the average is eight to $10,000, but it's something, and that could be lost. Meanwhile, Patrick's former co-worker, Sheila Brewer, 47, has canceled Christmas for herself and her husband. She found a job recently at CBS, but her first paycheck isn't coming until after the New Year's. And the eight weeks of severance she was supposed to get ended after four weeks when the bankruptcy court stopped the rest of the payments to laid off Sears holiday workers. I've got sick, excuse me, I got sick to my stomach when I heard about the bonuses, Brewer told NBC News. It was like a slap in the face hearing that these people would get all that money while I can't even get my severance. Brewer, who worked full-time at the Rockford store for 17 years, says she's just glad her kids are grown so they don't have, excuse me, so they wouldn't be disappointed that there's nothing under the tree. I've been playing catch-up financially ever since they laid me off, she said. I have, haven't even gotten my first paycheck yet. Patrick said she and her fiancé, Chris, will hopefully take their kids to her grandfather's for Christmas. They have presents for the kids, she said. Patrick said they will dress the her brood and donate clothes that will seem new to them. They don't care, she said. Give them a box of pencils and they would be happy just to have something to unwrap. In closing, if you haven't gotten a sense of what is needed more than anything else here to produce a great podcast, it is that I need you to contribute. I need you to send me clippings of articles you think would lend to the working class movement. I need book reviews and recommendations. I need to know the best working class freedom movement sites on the web. I need to be married, aware of what is going on in your community toward helping the working class battle the parasitic rich. I need you to email me what you're thinking or your opinions regarding the show and the struggle. I need you to tell me, in general, what you, the listener, want out of this podcast. For this podcast to work, I need this to be a collective project amongst us listening working class members, advocates, and unemployed workers among us. I would also like to respond to some of your emails and share them with our fellow listeners. And if you have the Anchor app on your phone or Android, through the Anchor app, you can actually leave a voice message that I would be able to play on the next podcast. I would also like to put together a segment with interviews. I can interview leaders, professionals, lecturers, and fellow workers who fight for the freedom of the working class. I would be interested in interviewing some of you, the listeners, who have something to say. I would now like to give a shout out to Anchor Podcast favoriting Working Class Spark. It's Nerd with the Phone over at anchor.fm slash WWN and other podcast 
and he's also found on other popular podcast hosting sites. Thanks now with the phone. Thank you for listening to episode 10 of Working Class Park, and I hope you subscribe. I will be conducting each episode of this Saturday of each week, and we feature the occasional special episode. You can now also find the show on all major podcasting hosting sites across the web. You can find us at anchor.fm slash WCS, or if it's easier for you to find our podcast somewhere else, you can just search for Working Class Park over at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, PocketCast, Radio Public, or Stitcher. You can like our Facebook page over at Working Class Spark and hit the email button to reach us or email us directly at workingclassspark1 at gmail.com. But the only way to contact us and leave a voicemail message will be through the Anchor app. You can also now find us over at our Twitter account with over 500 followers at workingclasssp1. You can also find Working Class Spark over at Instagram at workingclassspark. I look forward to getting your responses. Thank you, and let's keep sparking the working class.